So, this is the podcast number 100. 100. It is. And, you know, we're not going to have anybody really famous here today. Ho, 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 ho. Yeah. The rest of us pure, pure mortals are... Uh, so, anyhow, <laughs> if I'm in, echo, I'm in Tennessee, and this house has no furniture hardly in it yet, so... But welcome, everybody. This is the 100th podcast of We Talk Photo. And we've had um, some really great people on, um, ranging from Joe McNally to Paul Thompson to Guy Tao to the... Scott Killaby. Yeah, I mean, we've had them all on. And some not so great. And, and, and today, we're, we're other than other than Bill Fortney, who... You know, and in all seriousness, um, is is in that is in that category. The rest of us, and I'll put myself in there. Just uh, we're just camera owners trying to impress everybody with all our great photographs. But anyhow, John, happy one hundredth podcast. Happy one hundredth, Jack, and folks who are listening. You know, we we didn't have any agenda for today other than getting. A bunch of people together and just having a conversation to see where it goes. So it's a yeah, little bit party. Let's tell them about YouTube. So we're gonna we're, we're actually gonna put up a YouTube. You didn't do that yet today, did you? No, sir. What have you been doing all day? God. <laughs> I know I slack. So so we're gonna do a YouTube channel for We Talk Photo and. Now, um, since we record on Zoom, once in a while, when we want to, we'll record the video of our podcast. So if someone wants to watch the video of the podcast, they could go to YouTube and watch it. And this will be the first video. So you're going to see a whole lot of people on here, folks. Um, you know, we've got about three million people who listen to our podcast. I think it's about three and a half. We're international. We've got people from all over the world. We have people actually in Denmark, right, John? Right. Denmark, my people. <laughs> so, so I'm going to go through a quick introduction for those of you who you to hear voices. But if you go to YouTube, um, in the show notes here on the podcast, John will put the link for YouTube in there um, when he gets it up. <clears throat> and... Uh, and uh, and you'll be able to see who's here. So I'm going to start from the bottom right because we have maybe the most important person here. You know, you always knew who was uh, important on the old Johnny Carson show when they came on first and they talked with Johnny for five minutes and they said, well, Johnny, you know, I'd love to stay, but I, I got to go because, you know, I'm like Charlton Heston or somebody of that ilk. And, and they always got to leave early. That's how you knew you were important on the Carson show. And Neil Powell, who who is uh, who's in Bloomington, Indiana. Let's see, Neil. I met Neil in uh, uh, Columbia Gorge, Columbia River Gorge. Columbia River Gorge, and 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 ironically, uh, Neil had some ties with Bill with the Great American Photography Weekend, and mm-hmm. I immediately saw that Neil had had a good, uh, an expensive camera and an expensive tripod. But he impressed me with the gear. So I I started talking to him, thinking that if I talked to him real nice, maybe he'd pay me about $200 for a workshop because that's what I was charging then. But um, I found out that Neil uh, 
couldn't get into Indiana University as an undergrad, so he went no. somewhere else and then went to Indiana as a graduate student in business. Yes. So, uh, Neil is a, 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 Neil's like, a, you know, he's a tycoon. He's a, he's an entrepreneur. They wanted him on Shark Tank, but he, he was gonna, he, he decided he wanted to learn how to be a photographer instead. <laughs> so he's here, but no, Neil's gotta leave here in a couple of minutes. So Neil, thank you for being with us. So, well, um... I just want to call in and say thanks to you and John for bringing together a great podcast. I mean, 100 is quite a uh, accomplishment. So I look forward to the video versions and being yeah, on again. So, nice job. I love you both. And, and it, I love you too, man. And as we always say, it's qu- quality over quantity. So it's 100 quality podcasts. And it's one more than 99. I mean, what a... It is. Yeah. Most, yeah. most of them stop at 99. You guys made it over that hurdle. Yeah. You click nice that work. extra extra button over. So like Neil, 2000. I'll have to start subscribing. Neil's got this... Who's <laughs> that other guy next to me? Is that you? That's me. Yeah, that's, that's me. It's like you're constipated at night. Well... I was on a you know Alaskan trip with you and John, so it could be very well <laughs> true. <laughs> well, anyhow, um, next to Neil with the picture of John in his background is Mike Cooper, and we used to call Mike Cooper the Cropper because <laughs> there was never a picture that Mike made for many many years that he didn't crop, and he he was he was it was horrible. But now I call him the AC. He's anti-cropper because he's got really gotten away from that. Um, Mike. So, Mike, unmute yourself. I got a question for you. Fire away. So, so other than going to Alaska with us and a couple other things, if you take the Alaska trip out, how many frames do you think you've photographed in the last year and a half? Take take Wyoming and Alaska out. <laughs> take Wyoming and Alaska out. Those are the best ones. And forget the kids. Forget your family. Oh, no family Maybe. shots either. Okay, now. You... Yeah. Anything else I need to take out? No, 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 no. Not, not. We're on video, so please let's keep it. A, a small number. Yeah. A few, okay. a few thousand. Yeah. Mike works really hard. Mike is. Uh, Mike is the is. Is one of the top ten most important people at General Motors. We won't tell you. <laughs> but Mike is in Michigan and works for General Motors, and Mike's a, a good friend and uh, and to be around. Mike is, uh, you know, in, in Jack Grant Photography, I have my uh, my uh, mythical um, organizational chart, and Mike is the director of entertainment and food and beverage. Mike knows where to eat and where to drink. There you go. So. All you guys that are here, um, I've known for a long time, but nobody longer than Dale Sprock. And some of you folks don't know Dale, some of you do. Dale, I'm not going to do it. You tell every. how do we know each other? And don't tell everybody you know my wife longer than me. They well, that, is, that of course, is true. It is. But I, I didn't put you guys together, so that I can't take any credit for that or any blame. Or any blame. <laughs> Uh, but we were we were competitors in another industry that I'm still in, but Jack exited from, and yeah. uh, we we were uh, selling uh, videotapes and audio tapes and stuff to uh, <coughs> retail merchants 
Bucks and uh, Bucking Heads once in a while up in the Sacramento, West Sacramento area, and it goes back a long ways. And, and the Bay Area. Oh, the Bay Area, yeah. D- Dale was the, my counterpart at Maxell. Um, I worked for the factory at TDK. Dale was and still is a very, very rich independent sales rep. You know how those guys are. They make it. Chris, you deal with them all the time. You know how rich they are and how they never work. They work two hours a day. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm here today, not work. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the account and then wait for the checks to roll in. Exactly. But anyway, yeah. Dale is a dear friend and, and, and a hell of an audio file. Dale is, it's too long to go into Dale's audio expertise, but um, Dale, Dale is, uh, Dale's a lot of fun. And, and, and Dale owns a camera as well. Um, and I, he's another one doesn't get out as much as he should, but you know, we yank him, we yank him around. Uh, the second half of the year, I'm changing that. Yeah, you're going to come to Tennessee. Got that. That's right. I think a lot of people are going to come to Tennessee, Jack. Yeah, it's, I can't wait. It's going to be good. It's Jack is going to single-handedly increase the state's tourism. You can um, also you can all sleep on the back deck. That 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 that. Damn thing's big enough, Jesus. Yeah, uh, let's see who's got the biggest deck. <laughs> well, you I, may have you have the highest. I may have the biggest. Yeah. So, Is that I'm in gonna, length or? I'm going to leave, leave Fortney for last because that's going to take the longest. Um, next to Bill Fortney, who made that last comment, is Chris Lapique. Chris, man, what hasn't Chris done? Chris has done a lot in his life. and Chris is another Indiana guy who I met. How did we meet, Chris? I, think, I thought you were going to ask me this, and, and I know how we did it. You, when when you were running out there photo gear, you sent me an email. I wanted to know if you uh, could use one. Of, you wanted to use one of my photographs because they were so um, amazingly good. That's right. That's right. We put them on the. Front I learned everything I did before you, so you could. I don't know why you didn't call him, but that's another subject. <laughs> um, so I called you back and we got talking and I said, why you Louisville? I used to play down at the Galt house. And we said, yeah, well, you know, I went to school in Indiana. So I went to school in Indiana. Turned out that we were, you know, I think you, we lived kind of in the same dorm for a year, not, not at the same time. Uh, we both played in a marching band for a while. Both played trumpet. Both played, well, I played trumpet. You yeah, played. I just kind of. Well, you could have played for Purdue. They don't use mouthpieces enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was to get the chicks, right? They were really flocked to trumpet sure. players. I standing on the field the first time I'm in the marching band in Indiana, and I'm looking at the Purdue bands on the field, and half the people on the field don't have mouthpieces on their instruments, and they just put them in so they can march single file about a 10-mile line from the top of the hill down into the field to the music. At any rate, yeah, Chris and I became good friends, and um, and uh, and we've known each other for forever, and it's all good. Next to Chris is Dennis Yarborough. Dennis has been on a Dennis. Is, are there any workshops we've done you haven't been on? <laughs> uh, yes, I'm certain there are. Yeah. Well, we got some new ones coming next year too, so it's it, it's gonna it's That's gonna I understand. Dennis is is. Uh, just a super human being and uh, and, uh, and one of the best woodworkers uh, you know that I've met today he's a 
above uh, <laughs> this is hard to explain uh, is is mr dudley hawthorne and dudley we met on workshops and dudley's become you know dudley was a groupie for a long time and, <laughs> and, and we just felt so bad for dudley that we brought him into the inner circle we have this inner circle and 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 a lot, everybody here is in it and it's just you know if bill can explain it it's just kind of people who we who we you know just like to hang out with whether we do a workshop or not um next to dudley is me and you don't want to know about that and then john so we left bill for last bill enough about me let's talk about you what do you think about me <laughs> the last line. shall be first it's a line that we <laughs> in all our things um, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Neil to explain because I'll start crying. You know, um, you know, back in the explain old Bill. Yeah, that would make anybody cry. I can tell Good you. Luck. <laughs> Bill, Bill is Bill is the Godfather. Bill is <laughs> is if you think about Bill, he he's the the trunk and all, every one of them branched off and met each other probably through bill or some connection you know minus exactly. one uh, and and exactly. he's just been uh an influence on every one of us and then some uh you know they the last they have, you know 50 years tree, you know the lombardi tree now they have the belichick tree you know they have the parcells tree and all these yeah. football in photography we have the fortney tree yeah i mean you know, I just I I was just exchanging notes. Bill probably doesn't read my text. He's too important to read anything from me. But he didn't I, read my text. I just I just sent him. I was thinking about this the other day, and I was up there it, the other day. Then why I found out, Neil, Bill can't read. <laughs> that explains it. I was waiting for that. He, he thinks waiting. his he thinks his he thinks his sweatshirt says hello. Yeah. So that's why he always wears that one. Yeah. Is that not <laughs> what it says? But but seriously, I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I would say 90, 90% of the people that I have in my inner circle and, and call friends and and uh, you know uh, love as you know an, an adult I, comes comes from Bill Fortney and my connection with him way back thirty years ago, starting at my first GAPW weekend, and and going from there. I mean, it's it's just amazing from what he's done with his life. Uh, you know, uh, ministry and and all the everything he does with nature photography—it's just just amazing. So, uh, as as Jack was saying, I, I have to boogie out of here for a meeting. But um, you know, Bill, you're truly uh, you know Godfather of the, the photography world. So, thank you for everything you've done for me. Well, and, listen, I'm going to tell you, you're making me blush. But um, when it's all over, and I just turned seventy-seven, so that's coming up. Um, don't, don't do it during the podcast series. I'm yeah. trying not to. <laughs> Let's send this thing off. Great. Yeah. Um, now, you know. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> I've had a lot of wonderful things happen to me in my career, but nothing means as much as the people that I've gotten to know and come to really care about. And I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at nine of them right now. But um, it just is a, to me in photography, that's the greatest treasure is the other photographers that you get to know and learn from 
and get to spend time with them and they become really special to you. And that's, I don't think that when I'm gone, there'll be a single photograph I've ever made that anybody's going to care about. But boy, the friendships and the relationships are what means the most to me. Well said. Well said. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to sign off and uh, talk to you all later. All right, Neil. Thanks for being here. Thank you for the kind words, Neil. You're welcome. See you. See you later. Bye. Bye. Where are we going? Bill Bill is a force. He is a force. It's amazing. I appreciate that. Jack, you know one of the most important things about Bill, don't you? He likes to eat squirrels. No, he knows knows Joe McNally. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He does. These two, these two characters, we're in Moab, Utah, and we're out in the field, and uh, they apparently they together on this. They knew I didn't have a sixteen to fifty-five two eight, and both of them had one. And so they're standing shooting next to me, and Jack says to Dudley, "Boy, this is a great lens, man! I tell you, everything I shoot with, it's tack sharp." And Dudley says, yeah, me too. I, I don't, I think if I could only have one lens, it would be this one. And then we go to breakfast the next morning and the conversation when I hit the table is how much they love their 16 to 55. And I said, guys, I've got the 18 to 55. I know it's not as powerful as your lens, but it works fine for me. And they said, oh, but you really ought to have this. Well, um, B&H delivered one to me the next day. <laughs> thanks to them. What happened was you were in the car and he says, well, I'm not buying. I don't need one. He said, I got this on the list. I said, Bill, just order it now. Just just order it because you're going to buy it. No, I'm not going to buy it. No, I'm not going to buy it. I said, just order it. Then he he didn't do it. But when he we weren't around to watch him, Dudley, he ordered it. But, you know, the one thing I have to say for the folks who don't know Bill Fortney here, Bill, Bill Bill's from a little town in eastern Kentucky. And, you know, this town is totally devoid of any kind of artistic prowess or any kind of artistic accomplishment. And, and, you know, and and now, you know, Bill still lives there. The town continues to be devoid. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. That's that's probably the most true thing you've said so far. So, um, you know, uh, you know, other than, uh, Probably my my wife and my my yellow lab. No disrespect, Mike. I know I've told you I loved you so many times back before we had the intervention. You know, but uh, Bill is my closest friend in the world, and, and uh, he means uh, he means a lot um, to me. Not my uh, Sprock is the oldest, my oldest. You know, I better not get Dale going. Dale could tell stories here that. Well, we need at least we one have a lot. good story from back in the day. A very embarrassing one. Yes, please. Yes. On the fly. Come on, come up with it. So are there, you know, when I get when I get Bill and Chris Clapeet together, either one of them or, or together, I love the Tennessee and Kentucky jokes. If, if any of those are... Kentucky um, and Indiana jokes. You know, you know what's interesting, Chris, is that you know how Indiana and Kentucky don't get along, and Tennessee and Kentucky don't get along. What's the common denominator there? Yeah. 
Sure is. But you know, I was going back to Bill. You know who really loves Bill is any camera bag manufacturer. Oh, <laughs> yes, I just I just watched it happen. I was yeah. on Friday. I watched it happen. Bill, I how took, many camera bags did you order and return in the last month? Well, I took delivery of two today. <laughs> well, now listen. In fairness, I'm working on a serious article and YouTube video about how do you portage camera gear when you get to be my age. Portage means what? Carry. Move. You don't (laughs) walk anywhere. You hire a Sherpa. Folks. That's the the solution. (laughs) Folks that are listening to this podcast... Fortney wrote two has two books that sold a lot, by the way, about about photography. One's called America from Five Hundred Feet, and the other one's America from Five Hundred Feet, Volume Two. Am I right, Bill? That's correct. Okay. Bill's new book is going to be called America from Five Feet from the Car. <laughs> Why in the world do you have to worry about carrying a camera bag? You don't walk anywhere. You walk. Head feet. That's that's true. They're still, they're that's still true. important. They're still important. You know, it is. I, I, this is going to border on uh, confession, but one of the things I enjoy more than anything else in photography is getting several camera bags down and taking all the gear and putting it in the floor and moving it from bag to bag to see what'll fit here and what'll fit there and. But the problem for me is I, I just recently bought a um, F-stop tilapia 50-liter bag. And it came in, and I put all the stuff in it that it would hold. And I couldn't get it off of the floor to put on my bag. <laughs> so I took everything out, put it back in the box, and shipped it back. Um, but I'm I'm really in the process of trying to find a way to have – I've got a theory – if you own something, if you own a camera body or a lens, and you don't have it with you, why do you own it? Good point. So, I've got. I just recently have come up with a solution. I'll wrap this up, but I have. I bought a, um, like a Pelican case, except it's made by a company called Nanook. And it is big enough to hold two bodies and all the lenses I'd like to have with me. Which camera is, bodies or just bodies? Camera bodies. Okay, just checking. Just checking. And then, <laughs> but, I, it, but it's got wheels, so I can roll it to the car, put it in the back of the SUV, and then go out to shoot. And when I get where I'm going, I just bought two bags from a company called Wotan. Let me see if you can see that. <laughs> They're kind of they're Cordura, but they feel like the old canvas stuff. But that bag that I just held up has got a body with a lens and an extra lens and a battery and a few little things, and it weighs six pounds, which for me at my age, that's about what I want to walk around with. But if I'm out somewhere and I think, boy, I sure wish I had the 50 to 140, walk back to the car, take one lens out, stick that one in, and go shoot with it. And it's gotten to that point with me that that's the only way I'm going to be able to utilize all the stuff I own is if I have it 
somewhere that I can get to it easy, but not try to carry it all the time. You can put one lens in each bag, Bill, and you would still have two dozen bags in your office. Well, I, I, you know, I want to sell off my bags, but nobody pays anything for used camera bags. No, no, they don't. I mean, and I could put them on a table in the driveway and have a yard sale, and people would come over and say, what's that? What do you do with it? What do you put in it? I live in Corbin, Kentucky. Nobody even knows what a camera bag is here. Who knows what a camera is? Dude? Put a little meth in there, you know. <laughs> you can definitely move it that way. Yeah. But anyway, so that's that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm working but, but, on. But Bill, that is, that, that is a strategy because people do buy larger rollers to organize and store when they're traveling by car, and then they buy a smaller bag for when they're you know, know head out get, to take a picture. I know how to get rid of those bags in Corbin, Kentucky. Call them squirrel bags. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been catching this in the ear from Jack as long as I've known him. I have never eaten a squirrel in my entire <laughs> life. Now, I know people that eat squirrel, but well, I've, I've, eaten, a, I've eaten a squirrel. I've never eaten a squirrel. I think, uh, I think Google, I've eaten alligator. Wait, 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 wait. There's <laughs> way too many people that raise their hands. I count yeah. three people that have eaten squirrel on this call. Yeah. Bill. It's not that good. It's not that good. Have you eaten a rattlesnake? Uh, you oh, haven't yeah. had it. Yeah. My dad yeah. This is a family. <laughs> uh, tell tell uh, us. Come up with a, did you have time to think of a story? Who? Dale. Dale Sprott? No, I haven't. I'm, I've been watching you guys fascinated by that. Well, <laughs> I mean, we'd have to. <laughs> I don't know. What, you're going to go to CES. You want to go to Russ's office. So you want to talk about personalities. We, we've met a whole cast of characters that probably could have books written about them, but it's in a different industry like you guys could have books written about you. But, you know, it's been a great, great ride to be in both of these worlds for me and to have Graham here is great. The Russ he's talking about is Russ Solomon from Tower Records. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and Dale, you know, it's funny. When I had a meeting at Tower, I'd be driving back back out of the meeting the first call i made was not to linda to dale to give him the new uh the, whatever crap i got from tower and then dale would whenever i get the new price sheet from tdk i called dale and give the tdk prices he'd get it at max sell prices and we illegally read it's it was highly illegal but it's okay it's all good statute you know? of limitations and all that oh yeah this was a long time ago <laughs> Solomon looked, at, at, I don't know, Dale, you might have been there, might have been at one of the Tony Valerio golf tournaments, and Russ Solomon looked at us and goes, what do you guys know about this downloading music? Yeah. He said, it's going to be really big, Russ, and goes, no, nah, no way, they're going to want to hold those records, you know. <laughs> we'll move. Yeah. Now, so the, the, the last time I saw him was the introduction of the movie that uh, was made about the demise of Tower Records, and uh, it was a, a great event underneath the Tower Theater and Drugstore where it started in Sacramento, which Jack knows quite well. But uh, um, Tom Hanks's uh, son um, made this movie, and it was quite a good movie. But, you know, things shall pass. Yeah. And the amazing part is that Tower Records is still a huge entity in Japan because uh, the bankruptcy judge uh, let the things lapse and they 
they have tower records with multi-store, six, seven stories high all over Japan now. It's pretty amazing. Well, we could, we could, Dale and I could write a book on, on, uh, on some of the people we called on. We had no. we had a distributor in, uh, in the South Bay called M&A, and this was Mike Patel. And Mike was not only the biggest distributor for blank media, he was also the largest distributor of pornography on the West Coast. I'm surprised I didn't know him. And, uh, <laughs> well, you could have known Kong Wong. He was transporting stuff over to China, making a big business. I came up through the same business. It's uh, it's amazing. Hong Kong Wong, but 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 uh, finally, the the accounting department at TEK called me up and I said, you, you know, I know you're just netting this guy's price out with with market development funds. Could you? <laughs> I, I, we need some proof of performance. So I called Mike up and I said, Mike. You got to do a flyer. I got I got to send something into these guys to show what you're spending the money on. So he sends the advertising into TDK without me seeing it. And it was a big envelope went to the girls in the advertising department, and it was his catalogs of pornography videos. And I got called up from the attorney and says, "Jack, you got to call this guy. <laughs> We're gonna get killed here." Yeah, and then so there was Mike, there was HKW, Hong Kong Wong, and then there was uh, Terry Rainbow. Remember Terry? And we could do we could do Danny, you know, what's his name? Danny yeah, McCloskey. McCloskey, yeah. Yeah, but not, nobody knows this. So, Cooper, you've been too quiet. Tell us a story. I want to know one of the funniest stories, Mike. What's a funny thing that you saw Jack do? Oh, I, I think the funniest story. That I can think of is the the first time I met Jack. Jack remembers the workshop. Shut, oh, I, thought gonna, I, th I thought you could. Yeah, screw up. I thought you were going to uh, do another one. I I thought I thought of another story that you. Well, were let's hear do. the story. Shh. Well, you mean the the body snatchers one? Yeah, but do do the one you were going to tell first. <laughs> oh well, yeah. The, the the first workshop I ever did with Jack was was a bit of a disaster. It was a uh, it was in Ohio and. He had another uh, a workshop lead, which who I won't name, but uh, yeah, the other workshop lead just kind of disappeared on on the the next to last day. Everybody, and, and uh, yeah, everyone was a little bit confused, but you know, Jack kind of kept things glued together, and and we carried on. But it was a it was just a very odd thing, and I'm like, and and uh, a guy that I was there with is like, you know, what is going on here, kind of thing. It was it was just pretty funny. My friend my friend Russ who. Who shoots a lot, but he shoots more sports stuff now than nature. But uh, it was it was quite the experience. But uh, yeah, the body snatcher story was uh, was probably funnier. Uh, yeah, we were in Jackson, Wyoming at uh, at uh, the Silver Dollar Bar. <laughs> there's there she is. Yep. And there was a there was a couple there that were acting very strangely. And of course, we had had several drinks, and. Uh, and we, we we call them the, the kidney snatchers, the organ the organ snatchers, because they were kind of acting like they were trying to to coax us out of the building. And uh, yeah, there we go. And uh, and we'd end up in a, you know in a bathtub full of ice and uh, missing a kidney or, or liver or something. So and then uh, yeah, to make matters even funnier, after Jack and I and Tom left, um, we get up the next morning and find out that Tom here's the actually. Tom Tom went back by himself. <laughs> Tom went back by himself to uh, to the bar because he was bored, and we're like, you know, dude, like, you know, these people were up to no good, and uh, I think he thought that yeah. was actually going to happen. Yeah, 
So some, some of us, uh, some of us were were a bit wiser, but uh, Tom Tom uh, went back. Didn't you have to dare him? Yeah, you could. Well, it's part of the adventure, you know. It's not, you know, as we've been saying more and more, and Bill, as you said today too, this is about people you meet and and the experiences we have, and and uh, you know, being immersed and engrossed in a in a passion such as photography, I think leads to such great uh, great adventures and great connections and just great experiences that we've all had throughout life and kind of our cameras are the things that have at least brought this group together here. Um, John, tell them how you and I met. There's Tom. There's Tom. Uh, I, you know, I think, Jack, you and I met. Um, there was a Canon Explorer of Light given a presentation nearby and uh, nearby both of our homes. Because unbeknownst to us at the time, we lived about a mile from one another. And uh, somehow I ended up talking to you at at this Explorer of Light, and I thought, oh, this guy's kind of an ass, you know? He's kind of got that East Coast, gruff, (laughs) kind of, you know? No, it's true. It was Daryl Galeen, and I had an interest. Remember? Yep, yep, it was Daryl. And I thought, you know, I'm going to give it a try, and, and went out and hung out with you in the Eastern Sierras, and shit, that's been years ago and uh we've just kept on going and going and going well once you get past once you get past jack's gruff exterior he's a big teddy bear (laughs) he's still kind of an east coast asshole but i mean yeah (laughs) i'm gonna be more east than i was until that's right you're moving back east now so hmm first time i met jack he came to a workshop in yosemite with Galen Rao and I, or Galen was the star. I was just running it. But um, I met Jack, and I thought he was kind of an interesting guy. And we were standing down near the Merced River, and I said, "Well, now, Jack, what do you do for a living?" And he said, "Well, I'm a trumpet player." And being the idiot that I am, I said, "Can you make a living playing a trumpet?" And he said, "Oh yeah." He said, "I play for concerts and recording sessions and." You know, I do okay. And I, once again, stupid remark. I said, have you ever played with somebody I would have heard of? And he turned to me and he didn't say it ugly, which I thought was cool. He said, have you ever heard of Frank Sinatra? Uh, boy, I wanted to be his friend that very moment. And, uh, and we, were, we went on to become good buddies. Frank and I were very tight. You know, we, we, in fact, we, he called me the other day. Frank, yeah. yeah. <laughs> From the great beyond. Great. Oh, he died? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I lost him. Pepper died. I think you can make a better living playing saxophone. Oh, there we go. Kenny yes. G. Jack yeah. loves Kenny G. It had to make an appearance, didn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm driving down the road with Jack in Death Valley, and... I'm still getting to know him, and I'm trying to think of something musically to talk about. And I said, well, hey, uh, what do you think of this guy, the saxophone player that's real popular, Kenny G? I thought he was going to run off the highway. (laughs) I mean, he just freaked out. And he he told the joke you've all heard. He said, you know, if you're in a room, you've got a gun, you've only got two bullets, and in the room with you is Saddam Hussein, 
Hitler and Kennedy, who do you shoot? And I said, I don't know. And he said, you shoot Kennedy twice. <laughs> I pretty much knew at that point how he felt about Kennedy. I sent him a Christmas uh, Kennedy CD about oh, every year. That was just... nice of you, Bill. Yeah, I love <laughs> I love the non-response I get from it. It's always fun when you're in a different car with Jack, and then you call up their phone. And when he answers, we're all broadcasting Kenny G right into his car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they do that. Yeah. But yeah. I just turn. Dennis. Yes. You're okay. So Dennis is in Oklahoma, so we never know when a tornado is going to blow through the house. There, right? That's true. You know, got you one foot in the shelter. No, right. You, you moved out of the mobile home? You're, you're... Uh, well, my wife moved out of the mobile home. She left me in there. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so Dennis, um, let's see. Where, where was the first? I'm trying to remember the first time you did something with Bill and I. I it's just. I think it was in uh, the uh, Smokies one spring. Imagine that. With About seven years ago. Year there for the last yeah. five years. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, talking about stories, one of my favorite memories that's going to live with me for a long time, at least I hope I live a long time, was we were coming back from the Tetons. Jack had invited me to come and ride with him. And we were driving through eastern Idaho in the snow with a little bit of slick spot here and there. And Jack was explaining the finer points of jazz and orchestra music to me. And so for about four hours, <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> a detailed lecture about music that that really was very entertaining and very very rewarding. I enjoyed it. But uh, well, nothing it beats Dennis. Nothing beats that than one year. I rode out with Jack to the Tetons, and I had to sit in the back seat of a of a of his Tacoma, which is not made for human people. No names, because the other person that that came along with us kind of needed to sit in front. So I got crammed in the back with his clothes rack and everything else for fourteen hours. Oh. Oh God! You know, whenever whenever you carry people, it's not you guys, but when, when there were times, Bill and I, when we were running workshops, we'd, we'd actually carry attendees with us once in a while. We can't do it much anymore because of the insurance, but you always knew the attendee because the one that wanted to sit in front, they mysteriously got car sick. They go, oh, I get car sick. I have to sit in front. <laughs> Poor shit. Oh. <laughs> They just want to. They just should have said, "I really just want to sit in front." You know. Yeah. When Jack was having his eye problems, I was with him out. My what problem? Somewhere, somewhere out. Your eye problems. And you had had surgery on one eye, and you were blind as a bat, and you're driving your truck. <laughs> and we had to make a detour, and he ran over a highway sign that was bigger than his truck. I mean, <laughs> I saw him going right towards it, and I thought, you know, he, he sees it. He's going to swerve at the last minute. He's got one eye. Just crushed that bad boy. Wow. It was an adventure. It was. Normally, I don't mind sitting in the back until we go to Alaska, and then I'm like, I'm going to sit in the front of the airplane. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the one place I will uh, ask yeah, to sit in front. You guys are lucky because the last trip, John, I actually got to sit in the middle seat because I wasn't the fattest. Any- 
That's true. That's don't be true. good. You know, I think every trip for me, I'll in the cup out of the seat. Yeah. 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 Good stuff, Dudley. Yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. Good. Dale, you got to go to Alaska. And, and Chris, you got to go to Alaska. Uh, I got to go to Alaska. I'd really, you know, one of the most fun, fun and more out of this world experiences that I did with you is the Monument Valley. I mean, it was a long time ago, one of the early, early trips. But, you know, getting up in the morning, watching the sun come up down there is just, just, an out-of-this-world experience. We're going to be there again this year, but we are sold out, right, Jim? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Yeah, it's we're... a magical landscape. It why, is it is. I could, why is it I could sell workshops out with John and I can't do it with, I can't do that with Bill? Why no, I... no. <laughs> I think that's a pretty simple thing to explain. Uh, I, oh no, Kenny G! You got to be kidding! <laughs> I tried to you guys that, that I was going to be like Rickles, you know, on this thing, you know. But I'm trying to keep my uh, keep my reputation up, you know. Yeah, yeah. But Jack, we'll, we'll Jack, we're really looking friendly. forward. We're looking forward to have you in this part of the country. Do we have any Peterson stories? Nope, nope. I have a Peterson story. I'll try to edit it. So we're doing a workshop. I won't say where because somebody might have been there that's listening to this podcast. And uh, there, there's uh, there's two two really great photographers that I know that um, have a, have the 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 uh, ability to mix in certain words in certain times. One's Jay Mazel, and the other's John. <laughs> Uh-oh. So we're, we're somewhere and we're doing image reviews and somebody put an image up and, and there were no women in the room, thank God. And John looks over at this guy and says, you know, he says, uh, you got to clean up this blankety blank blank in the corner. I won't use the terms, but I thought that was epic. That was my Yeah. Was, I'm a, you know, I'm a stickler for details. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what can you say? <laughs> Um, okay, I, so I think everybody's sick of listening to our stories. Uh, what do you want to talk about, John? We Nothing. Nothing. I just wanted to celebrate, you know, dude. 100 the episodes. Stories the, sto- the stories are it. The stories are the celebration. Yeah. Okay. Well, yep. And the other celebration is that John's back in a house. <laughs> Yay. I know. Feels good. I'm almost in a house. I got... <clears throat> And since uh, Jack is soon going to be living in Tennessee, oh, the view from his front porch—it's beautiful. Do they oh make, do they gosh. make uh, like squirrel cookbooks or anything that we could send to Jack as a housewarming gift? Yeah, I'm looking for one now. To learn squirrel, what they do <laughs> squirrel and possum, and you know, it's hard to find one of those in a country store in Tennessee or Kentucky. It's up at the Seymour Diner. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you just walk out they have a whole street. library shelf full of them there. You just pick them up in the morning. You don't have to yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, they talk about fresh food, and there you go. If you can get to them for the turkey vultures, I mean, you're you're well, you to get up early. <laughs> all right. So as long as they're not cold and stiff, they're okay on the side of the highway. Jim Begley <laughs> tells a story that needs to be repeated here. Um, 
he told me one day that he dreamed that he died and went to heaven and he was at the golden gate and he was talking to St. Peter and here comes, um, here comes Chris Klepeek down the trail with the ugliest woman he'd ever seen. And he said, St. Peter, I know that guy. And St. Peter said, it's okay. He's here. But he did some bad things when he was on earth and uh, he has to be with that woman for five years in heaven. Jim Begley said, wow, that's amazing. Said he'd no more than said that till, you know, here came my good buddy from Washington State down the trail, and he was with a woman even uglier than the one that Chris was with. And uh, he said, St. Peter, I, I know that guy. He said, yeah, he, he, he did, he, he's here. He made it to heaven, but he did some bad things. He has to be with that woman for 10 years in heaven. He said, man, that's something. Well, he said he no more than said that till down the path came Bill Fortney, and he was with Bo Derrick. And he said, St. Peter, I, I I know this guy too. And he said, yeah, yeah. said, well, said Bo Derrick did some bad things. When she <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rock, Bill Welch done. I kind of lucked out on that. <laughs> Bill, I'll never forget. I'm not going to repeat the joke, but we're you and me and Jack are driving down the side of a mountain on the Smokies, and you told an off-color joke, and we all laughed. And then you spent the next 45 minutes apologizing for that. Well, I'll tell you, you told a joke in the car one day. Oh, no, 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 no. But it it was disgusting, and I couldn't. But I couldn't help it. I mean, I was. I was about to pass out. I was yeah. laughing so hard. And I was feeling guilty as all get out. And I kept saying, God, that's still one of the best jokes I've ever heard. <laughs> and we, yeah. and we tell it on every worship, you know. <laughs> Humor is such a valuable thing, guys. I, it is. I think it helps you live longer and live happier when you can. And if you can laugh at anything. And if you run workshops, you better learn how to laugh. You should, Yes. But without looking over your shoulder. I talked to a guy in the Caribbean once. I was down there working with Nikon trying to set up a scuba diving class. And we were discussing what it's like to have workshops and people ask kind of stupid questions. And I said, you know, what's the stupidest question you've ever heard? He said it was actually about three nights ago. We were sitting on the dock getting ready to do a night dive, dangling our legs over the edge of the dock right at the water. And the guy next to me was getting his stuff together, and the attorney said, how far are we above sea level? <laughs> he said, I looked at him and said, about 18 inches. <laughs> so it's uh, there's some strange people out there. I'm learning this camera is backwards, so if I point that Jack's way. backwards. Okay. All right, Jack, one last point, and then we'll wrap well, it up. Dudley, you never told the story. you got to do a story. Uh -huh. Well, no, come on, Dudley. Yeah. The, no, I got two things, I guess. One, 30 plus, I think it is with Jack. But uh, one of the first ones was in Monument Valley, which is great. And one of the uh, participants there, we had one lady that had her Sherpa that went around her husband. And we could joke about we all needed Sherpa. And Jack never volunteered. So we moved on from that. And then we also had Waldo, we called him. He's a Canadian that would come. Andre. And we'd pull up. Hmm? Andre. 
Andre. Andre. Oh, oh my gosh, Andre. It, and you, he would just take off. <laughs> and you'd never see him again or whatever. You might catch him on the hill. I mean, at some point, Jack would honk the horns and here five or ten minutes later, he would show up. But I guess the main thing I would say that I think I owe Jack an apology because I realize now that I've ruined it because I've set this bar for nose hair photography so high. <laughs> he can't pass it. Oh, no. Kenny, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, we almost left Andre in Iceland that trip, Jack. And then, you know, we went forward to that river and he was in that vehicle that floated down the river because the, the vehicle was above the rocks and it floated down until they got some more rocks. But yeah, he survived he was- that one. He was, uh, in fact, I, I get a, a note from Andre around Christmas every year. He lives up in uh, Gatineau, uh, which is right outside of Ottawa in Canada. And he's one of the nicest people I've ever had on a workshop. And um, actually, he was shooting, the, Bill, you remember, Andre, he was shooting that little Fuji 100. Yep. Yes, yep. whatever it was, way before we. What about, what about his lens story? Yeah, this guy, we have him in Monument Valley, and uh, he got lost, and he had to climb under a fence, he took his camera bag off his shoulder, put the camera down, his lens down, and sat there, and he left his lens, he forgot to pick it up, and he went walked away, shows back up, this guy comes back, he used to do that same workshop every year, comes back two years later to do the same workshop, we went out, this is, we were out um, toward Vermilion Cliffs, Bill. He goes out to look for his lens in the same place. It's, it's an icon lens two years later. Didn't never got moved. So sat in the same place for two Amazing. years. Yes. But it didn't still work. <laughs> still work. Um, John, what do you have? Anything before you could say goodnight here? No, just Kenny G. There you go. I, I switched mine to <laughs> Kenny G in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> You know, guys, I, I, the last I, I, Kenny G joke we're going to have to say is, is when I worked with Casio, which was another company that I represented and, and had the privilege to get thrown out of every camera store in Northern California with a Casio QA100, the first, quote, consumer digital camera way back when. I remember you, that. Yeah. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The way, the way we introduced it was... Um, John McDonald from Casio and I went to the Sharper Image and we tried to explain it to Richard Dahlheimer who ran the Sharper Image and nobody could get over the fact that where's the film and what do you do to get the picture? And finally, John said, well, I can't afford time. I can't afford Newsweek, but I want the double truck, but I don't have a Playboy person, but I want to put this QA100 camera in there. This is about 1994, 95, around that time. And so... We paid the money. He said, well, I can't make enough margin on these goddamn cameras that you're selling. And there's no money in it. There's no profit. He said, tell me how much profit you want for every one that you sell. I'll supplement it. And that's how we got the double truck in the Sharper Image catalog to introduce digital cameras to the world. Yeah, wow. Really. Exactly. Yeah. Those were great times. Uh, I, yeah, I came up through the consumer electronics businesses in the 80s and 90s and I know exactly what you guys are talking about. It's just what a great time that was. But the worst thing about being a Casio rep was Kenny G was our spokesperson for the electronic uh, instrument that Casio created. That was as big a piece of shit as he is. 
<laughs> hey, uh, Mike, would you explain that picture for the people who are done? And and some people won't be looking at it, so you have to explain yeah. what the picture is. Yeah, so we were. Uh, oh, yeah, we were, <laughs> we were heading out to to a sunrise shoot in in the Tetons, and it was pitch dark. I mean, it was uh, I don't know five a.m. or whatever, like totally dark. And Jack was leading the way. We were following him. And all of a sudden, we see taillights and, what, probably half a dozen elk cross the road. Like, we couldn't see him because it was, it was you know, pitch dark. And and then Jack clipped the very last one, and it took out the whole front of the truck. So, <laughs> yeah. So. They passed, and I, and I sat there for about another 15 seconds, 20 seconds, because it's usually one straggler. And I go, okay, they're all gone. And I was—I yeah. mean, I wasn't going very fast. I bet I was going no. two, three, yeah. four miles an hour. And the elk was okay. Elk just looked at me and gave me the paw, the finger, the hoof, <laughs> the hoof ran away, and, and my truck was a few thousand dollars, as you could tell. Yeah. 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 Like, it wasn't the like only truck that cost a few thousand dollars, Jack. <laughs> well, you're, you're lucky you escaped. The insurance paid the rest, you know. So. Yeah. Well, at any rate. I still uh, remember the Explorer. Maybe when we hit the 200th uh, thing, we can do some John Peterson stories. I mean, this is all. Yeah, we haven't we haven't really roasted John. I try we to gotta... keep a low profile. You do. <laughs> I mean, we we yeah. need to find something here. <laughs> I'm sure there's something out there. I'm like Teflon. There's plenty. There's plenty. Yep. All righty, folks. Well, Jack, any final thoughts? <laughs> yeah there you go hey i just want to say i could do this for another couple of hours it's just oh, yeah. great yeah, I yeah. Could do another couple of minutes but <laughs> you know it's five it's six o'clock here in, on the east coast and i'm flying back to the socialist republic of washington tomorrow so uh and i hear the weather's going to be horrible so uh, yeah, we're still in winter, but uh, so guys that are here, thank you so much for coming on and joining Jack and thank I. Thank you for uh, having us to kind of celebrate our little milestone for what it is. Congratulations, guys! Many yes, more, hopefully. and we'll do. Don't forget this YouTube thing will be up hopefully um, at some point. At some point, and, and then we have two other podcasts. In the bag, we won't leave this up for too long, a couple of days. And we have two other really great uh, guests that we have recorded that are going to make an appearance here magically in the next two weeks. <laughs> you bet. You bet. So awesome. With that, Jack, thank you for being my partner and uh, going on this journey. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, grumpy, grumpy East Coast. Grumpy guy. Jack, grumpy Jack. Grumpy but Jack. I tell you, Don, you do have the highest resolution picture of Kenny G of anybody tonight. I know, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Oh, that's that's a close one. <laughs> that's young Kenny. All right, guys. We'll, we'll uh, before this turns ugly, we'll say goodbye and thank you all for listening. And stay tuned for another hundred episodes coming up. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, thank you. Bye, all. Take care. Bye, 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 bye,